This is D. Clinton Thompson, and you're listening to Frets with DJ Faye. Previously on Frets. And then like in the summer of my, after my sophomore year in high school, I decided to be a guitar player. I was starting to really make progress in that sucker, and uh, I thought, I guess I thought it was more uh, a sexier instrument or something, I don't know. I didn't know that really in, in real life, most women go for the drummers. to frets with DJ Fay. No lessons, no technique info. I just talk to people who play guitar. Stay tuned. Three albums that are way up there on my list of favorites are Jonathan Goes Country by Jonathan Richmond. War oh, and- I love these one. Oh, yeah, there's a, there's a hero of mine. Right? Yeah, oh, yeah. The yeah. only musical hero that I can actually say is a friend. Yeah, I've seen anyway, him many times. Ahead. I love Jonathan Richmond. Yeah, Jonathan's great. He's There ain't nobody like him. I met Greg Ken one time. I said, hey, we uh, we have a mutual friend, uh, Jonathan Richmond. And he goes, yeah, unique individual. <laughs> I know what he means. <laughs> I would say unique, yes. Oh, well, you, I was saying like that, that Jonathan good. Goes Country, and then War and Peace by Sid Straw, and then Tenement Angels by Scott Kempner. I mean, those three, I know you've played on many other albums, but oh, yeah, I just, yeah. I love those albums so much. And uh, yeah, all so three of those I, were backed by you guys. It was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we, we, were, we were the, uh, uh, we were sort of the economy backup band for low-level name people. <laughs> Well, and then there was the Rocky Box with the Boxster Rocky Willie. Box, yeah. yeah. Oh, good old Rocky Box. Uh, yeah, we had to do, uh, to get him to do Rock and Bones, we had to do uh, Achy Breaky Heart. <laughs> <laughs> That's why that song there. That was in the deal. Fact, in fact, he, uh, he licensed that record to three or four different labels, like Overseas and KTEL. And I know one or two of them are called, the album's called Achy Breaky Heart. Oh. No, I'm not, not, <laughs> not pandering too hard. Let me, <laughs> yeah, but I tell you what, you know, I kind of, my voice changed about 15 years ago. So I can't really sing like I used to, but I have a new way of kind of doing it. But I used to be able to do, uh, I learned at the feet of the master. He could do that train whistle. You could do that train whistle where it was otherworldly. Hmm. It sounded like there was a speaker in his mouth. Well, wow. it was so good. I don't know how I did. I did kind of. I got fairly good at it, and he kind of coached me on you know, gotta gotta drop your tongue down or block your throat or whatever. Whoa! 
can't do it anymore. But, uh, <laughs> That's pretty good, though. Uh, so, some days, like this voice, it's like a vocal cord sort of thickened up, apparently. And uh, it doesn't hurt. There's no pain. There's never been any pain. It's been like this for 14 or 15 years. And uh, But now I can sound more bluesy. Yeah, gravelly in yeah. a good way. Yeah, I got to get the cornbread <laughs> in there. Well, I mean, you sang a lot on the Morels and Skeleton stuff. Uh, yeah, because none of us were singers. That was a, that was kind of the thing when we we decided we'll we'll just sing. We had a we had Jim Wonderly there, and Jim's great. Um, also, Jim is gone too. Yeah, it's crazy. But um, we decided we're just going to do it and uh, let the chips fall where they may. Yeah. But uh, like in my first band, I was always a singer because nobody else wanted to do it or could do it. I couldn't sing at all. I'm glad there's no tapes of those bands. But, uh, uh, yeah, that, that was the deal. We'll just do our own vocals. Well, you sang, I think you sang every song on the the Park Central Squares album, right? Oh, that's right, yeah, because more than anything, I pretty much, Katie and Dudley were gracious enough to kind of let me set the agenda yeah. on that thing. I kind of, I, I kind of think of that as a. It seems to me, it seems like a D. Clinton Thompson solo album, which basically it kind of. Is. Oh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. It's kind of like uh, Jeff Tweedy. Why does he call? Why does he call it Wilco? Because he he didn't want to bring that much attention to himself. I don't know. I just but, saw them recently. Yeah, it was the first show I'd been to oh, they, since uh, pre-pandemic or whatever. They are a fabulous band. Well, Park Central Squares is another album that has it has original songs, but also a lot of very interesting uh, well, you cover know, there songs. There would have been more, but High Tone offers it, offers the uh, skeletons. There was yeah, it was the skeletons one. Yeah, <laughs> I get mixed up because there were two skeleton records in the nineties and two thousands, and there were two Morales records. Right. So they kind of well, if it was if Lloyd was there, it was the skeletons. If Ron was there, it was the Morales. Uh, okay. Because Joe played in both of them, you know, it's it's funny. Well, on uh, Park Central Squares, you've got a Lee Hazelwood song. You've got a couple by Ben Vaughn. You've even got uh, well, Arroyo. That was Steve Cash, right, from Daredevil? Yep, yep, yep. I love that. I've been doing that with. I've been. Oh, you know. I've been playing this too. You can go YouTube and watch it. It's called D. Clinton Cochran. It's a two-man act I've been doing for the last, well, not the last year and a half because we haven't been able to play. Right. We lost all of our gigs that we had booked for the year. But um, um, I play with this guy named Michael Cochran. You probably never heard, have you ever heard of a band back in the late 60s, early 70s from Columbia called The Sound Farm? No, I'm not familiar with The Sound Farm. They were a job. I saw them play outside a free concert out out at Lake Springfield, and they were just knocked everybody off, knocked everybody down. They were just really great. And so years later, and I never never saw it, never saw them again. Years later, I met Michael, and uh, and about four years ago, we decided to get together. And cause, but anyway, Michael is is an author. He has a number of books out, and he. He did, some people think they're, they're the definitive books, but he did, I guess, the last biography, biographical books on Chet Atkins, and uh, he'd known Chet since 1964, I think, and Les Paul. He spent two weeks with Les Paul 
in New Jersey interviewing him and uh and he put this thing together and it's kind of both their their career in their own words kind of thing but they're really good books but he might be somebody you might want to talk to yeah a guitar podcast absolutely i could give you his email or his uh phone number yes i would love that why actually i did he plays he plays kind of he plays a kind of a travis thing with the thumb pick you know and, and uh, kind of like Chet does too. Yeah. And then I would play my regular electric guitar, but I sit on a cajon. You know what that is? You sit on a cajon? A cajon. It's a wooden box. They invented them in South America somewhere. And percussionists, you can you can play it like a set almost. You can you can kick your foot on one side. It sounds like a bass drum. You can bang on the front. It sounds like a snare or a tom. I don't know. Huh. But I. I sit on the cajon when we play. We both play sitting down and, uh, and, and kick it with my heel. And it gives us a downbeat. Well, like it a, sounds like yeah. a kick. If you, if you <laughs> do it right, the sound that does it right. It sounds like a kick drum. Um, so if you're by yourself, it'd just be like a little one-man band. kind of. Well, yeah, but no, but it wouldn't work. I've done a couple of duos, and they, they always seem not complete and kind of empty. But um, this thing's... We don't sound like just two guys. It sounds because we got Michael kind of doing like the the bass and the rhythm and the lead together, together, and I do my little thing. I do a lot of rhythm and, and of course leads, and uh, and then give it the beat, huh. and it kind of works. But I don't know. You can you can look it up. Well, where I come from, cajones means something completely different. <laughs> oh, cajones. Cajones. No, this is just it's cajon. Just Cajon is called. Yeah. I had to go there. Okay, back to whatever we were talking. About. <laughs> but Michael would probably love to talk to you about it. Yeah, well, I did. I got to see uh, a year before he died. I got to see Les Paul do one of his gigs at the Iridium in New York. It oh was, yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. had been on my list forever, and I finally, yeah, and it was like one. Uh, I think it was maybe less than a year. I don't know. About a year after seeing him, he passed away. Yeah, he, so uh, back. I've got a video. That's all I've seen. But yeah, and he, do you have any of his like forties? material i do uh, yeah i've got ago. i've got a lot of vinyl and then that uh that documentary chasing sound is pretty yeah, fascinating yeah, that's, good. that's, that's really good. good and uh and the wizard of waukesha yeah i had that poster for a long time somebody gave me and i finally found it on youtube yeah youtube you can go down quite a rabbit hole oh. of... yeah i know it's it's a, it's a sickness <laughs> it's an addiction I like coffee, and I admit, I've become a bit of a coffee snob. I drink coffee black because, hey, if you want to load up a cup with cream and sugar and syrups and all that, well, whatever. I want my coffee to be delicious without adding anything to it. I take the time to do pour-overs at home. I grind the beans and use my Chemex. The process is worth the wait, and when I buy beans, I buy coffee from my buddy String Bean Pete, coffee roaster and owner of String Bean Coffee. Pete's goal is to offer the finest beans from around the world. He roasts them passionately in small batches in non-computerized, old-school ways to music under a disco ball. Yeah, you heard that right. He's a bit of a kook, but that's why I like him. And I really, really, really like String Bean Coffee. Find out more at stringbeancoffee.com. 
Well, speaking of documentaries, um, and I mentioned it before, but there's a bit in, um, or a segment in the center of nowhere that shows you on stage playing guitar, playing electric and Abby Waterworth singing and Abby playing. Waterworth, yeah. 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 So that's obviously in Springfield. Um, were uh, you, I think the, uh, the, that is actually from Chicago. Is it really? Okay. Cause we went up there to help Dave Hoekstra who made the, documentary oh right right he was trying to raise funds and stuff so we came up and uh and played some music for him while they everyone stood around and talked and eat and ate well you've played all over but like how often like in recent years how often would you play springfield clubs or gigs well the whole landscape has completely changed uh we used to play uh Here's what you used to be able to do, and this really this this is how the Morels helped helped itself was you could we would play usually two to four nights for most gigs. One nighters were sort of unusual. Like uh, we could go someplace where nobody knew us. Well, there's always somebody that a couple of guys that knew us. It's always guys, and uh, well, that's not true. But anyway, um, I'll say I remember. What's the town? Lafayette, Indiana. Right. We uh, we got this gig at this place. It was four nights. Nobody knew us from Adam. I don't even know how we got the gig. I'm sure we played cheap. But um, we always said, we, we're the best band in our price range. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I got I use Lewisms every day. Yeah, well, I'm sure you I do. Can't <laughs> help it. I can't help it. Anyway, I mean, I played off and on with Lou for 40 years. But anyway... So yeah, Wednesday. Yeah, not too many people there, but there were a, there was a little handful of people that kind of maybe somebody had a record or they worked in a record store or whatever. And may I guess they went home. Maybe said, "Hey, I should see this band down here." Thursday, we got quite not more people. It wasn't packed. There's more people. Friday, getting pretty busy. Saturday, I always like to use the word gangbusters. You could conquer the town in four nights. The crowd kept building. Yeah, it kept building it. We had a gig there. We could we could have a if you just go there and play one night on a Thursday, you're probably not gonna get asked back. But if they give you a chance, it's like record companies don't give you a chance anymore either. If they give you a chance to build it up. Back then when there was less things to distract people, live music was was more upfront and uh you just in four nights, you could build up, build up an audience. Nice. What was the strange year of 2020 like for you? I mean, I guess people weren't doing much of anything. You know what I've been doing? I've been doing something I used to do all the time when I was just kind of learning to play. I put on Spotify. I find something. Usually it'll be country or uh, maybe some 
jump blues or old blues or something that's kind of simple that I can just play along with. Nice. Yeah, I'd like to do but, that, and too. And that really, is, it, it's, I've, I've come up with a lot of new stuff that I can use. Either, either I hear something, I can use that, or I, I come up with something on my own. And it's really fun, actually. I get real warmed up sometimes. I'll sit. I'll, I'll be in here three or four hours sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I find myself right. doing that more than I had in a long time last year. I, yeah, I'm sorry to say that I had kind of set my guitars aside for a while. But then, yeah, during 2020, when I had a lot of time on my hands or extra time on my hands, I, yeah, I would do the same thing. <laughs> I was playing more and I was trying to learn some stuff or just, like you said, play along with stuff that I was listening to. You know, when I, when I, when I after the Steve Forber thing and I took the year off, I didn't touch a guitar for three or four months. But when I was ready to get, get back on it, it was like I never quit. Yeah, I mean, you just like pick I, it back I up. Like I still had my calluses. Uh, yeah, it, it, it was real easy to start up again. Hmm. I thought maybe I'd lost maybe some. Not really. Well, I'm glad all you right. didn't. I, I think I took you on another. That's all right. Another dead end. <laughs> <laughs> all right. This next question is one I think I've asked on every episode, and I'm going to ask you: Is there a band? or a musician that you really like that might surprise some people? Oh, I like so many different things. That's why it was, people knew me. They thought I was, you were a rockabilly guitar player. Well, I like that. And we did do kind of a lot of that in the morales. And then we lost, I think, some people with the skeleton. So we weren't quite, we kind of went a little rockier maybe. And then, gosh, we did the morales again. Or no, in the skeleton, when we added the extra keyboard. Boy, we get cat calls and get lose the keyboards. Oh, I thought that was uh, great. You I mean, with Joe and Kelly were both playing. I thought that was yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Dan, the, the band was like that. The E Street band's like that. I don't know. It could have been a, two guitars and a and a keyboard. Yeah. I just didn't know any guitar players that I thought we could use. Any somebody that would be surprised. Or like a genre of music, or I don't know. Like um, I'm really, you know, I I can't hard. I can't get into like world music. It's hard for me to get into ethnic, other ethnic things. I'm pretty much, I seem to be kind of stuck in America. You're rooted in roots music. I kind of am. I'm kind of rooted and I don't know how to get That's out of That's all right. I mean, there's a lot of people seem to love ethnic music, you know. They play it on NPR all the time. <laughs> uh, it always just sounds like elevator music to me. So you're talking about you know, like the incidental music on NPR? Or oh, just the... I mean, oh, I don't know. Um, Latin music. I, I know it's great. Just I not just, your thing? It's not, it's not my thing. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like elevator music to me. <laughs> um, Greek music or Mexican, you know, the, what do they call it? You know, the mariachi. Mariachi. Yeah. It, just, I, it just doesn't do it for me. It doesn't excite me. It's not what I look to music for. Only in America, only America could have invented blues and jazz. It took the Europeans, the Africans to get together to do it. That's why it's so frustrating. Is why why do we have to have this all this racism? Yeah, it's but, um, awful. Uh, I, I I can't think of anything at the moment. That's no, all right. I liked your answer actually. I liked the well, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I liked well, where I we ended up with people, that. I made some people mad. What do you mean? You don't like Greek music? <laughs> oh. German music? No, I can't. Just can't. 
can't get with it. So the mariachi music you you'd probably like when you're at a Mexican restaurant, but you know. uh, no, not even. You don't, <laughs> you don't even like it. Okay. Oh, yeah, no, why aren't they again. Why aren't they playing some blues <laughs> or R and B? You know, it's like uh, uh, Los Lobos is a great band. Uh, if they start doing the the old Mexican music, it's kind of like. Mm. <laughs> but I uh, got it. I get it. I'm sorry. I'm a, no, I, no, I'm you didn't. It's not like you. I, I, it's not like you failed. There was no right or wrong answer there. I'm a white, I'm a white suburban <laughs> kid that grew up in the south. You know, it's, it's just all right. Y'all are what uh, you eat. That's what Lou always said too. Another Louism. If you're a podcast addict like me, you might have thought about starting your own. I'm having a lot of fun creating and sharing my podcast, Frets with DJ Fay. It seemed daunting at first, and I had no idea how to proceed after recording my first episodes. Then I discovered Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout has helped over 100,000 people, even knuckleheads like me, launch a podcast. The tools they provide make it incredibly easy to get your thing going. They'll also help you get your podcast into all the major podcasting platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. You get a great-looking website, audio players to drop into other websites, analytics, and tools to promote your podcast. To get a no-risk free trial of Buzzsprout, or to find out about their low-cost monthly plan options, follow the link in today's show notes and let them know that DJ Faye sent you. Learn the ins and outs of podcasting through people who eat, drink, and breathe it. Buzzsprout, the easiest way to start a podcast. Now, back to mine. All right. Well, I'm not just saying this for your benefit, but over the years, I've been singing your praises as a guitarist. And as time goes on, so many people I talk to or hear mention you in interviews hold you in extremely high regard as a fine, fine guitarist, one of the best. Aside from maybe, you know, complimenting you a few times at shows years ago, which I'm sure you don't remember, uh, I never imagined I'd get an opportunity to just have a great talk with you. This has really been fun. Oh, I'm having a good time. Like I say, I love to talk about myself. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's good. Uh, uh, Well, I appreciate that a lot. I I just wish there were more people like you around. What's next for you? Any projects on the horizon? Uh, Well, you know, I've been, I think uh, we've kind of, I don't think we're doing our little two-man thing at the moment. But I've been playing this band called the Domino Kings. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know them. You know them? Brian, was it Brian Cap? Brian Capps. Yeah, yeah, I did Brian Capps there for a while, you know. Um, I saw them. They, well, they're, they, they've been a trio for years. Yeah, I was going to say, I saw and, them and at... Brian uh, called me and said, do you have any interest in coming playing with us? And I looked at it as I could really fill out their sound because I really love playing rhythm guitar just as much and almost more because I don't have to focus on it so much. I can just lock in with the drummer and I can kind of almost sit back and enjoy the music with everybody else, you know? Yeah. So I joined up with these guys. Now, they, I think they wanted me to do more uh, lead work, but I just, like, and I'm doing a little, but I mean, Stevie, he's a, he's a great guitar player and they've got, you know, I'm still just kind of working in trying to remember this stuff because we started playing, I started playing with them then the pandemic hit. Well, I got to do a couple of gigs with them and uh, they really don't rehearse much. So I'm like, I just started last week sometimes trying to remember all the stuff. 
I saw them long long ago at the Venice Cafe here in St. Louis, and um, I know I've got at least one Domino Kings album somewhere in this room, somewhere around here. Um, Well, I played played rhythm, acoustic rhythm on their first album, (laughs) just a little factoid. Yeah. What if it was possible to get local fresh groceries delivered right to your front door? You could take up guitar lessons with all that free time. I know a guy. Or learn the tuba. I don't give tuba lessons, but my point is, you'll have the extra time. Instacart gives you unlimited grocery delivery for one low monthly fee. That's way better than the other guys that nickel and dime you every time you use their app. Forget that one ingredient you need to make Aunt Bess's spaghetti sauce? Ugh. More frustrating than a broken B-string. Instacart can deliver that B-string, I mean that ingredient, right to your front door, faster than a Roy Clark guitar solo. You can shop multiple stores, find deals and offers in your area to help you save money, and every item is hand-selected by shoppers based on your preferences. No more rock-hard avocados, and they'll keep that carton of eggs safe from cracking, too. To start a 14-day free trial, follow the link in today's show notes to let Instacart know that DJ Fay, that's me, sent you, and to help support frets with DJ Fay. And remember, stay tuned. Am I, am I hearing a cat, or is that outside my window, or do you have a cat? Oh, you're hearing a cat. Okay. <laughs> We got, <laughs> sounded sweet. Well, we now have six. Six cats. Yeah. We've had as many as, I don't know, nine, I think. Wow. Not that we mean to do that. They just show up. They show up and you take, take them in? Pity on them and <laughs> they usually turn out to be really good cats. I was going to say, I knew I heard a cat. And I'm like, oh, I think it's either outside my window or it's sitting on Donnie's lap. Well, we had five for a long time and then we just got a new one that we had to, they had to put Chris's mom in the, uh, in the nursing home, so oh, I'm sorry to hear that. She she uh, kind of adopted this cat while she was over taking care of her mom, and and now we're trying to work her into the house, which is not easy. Hmm. I love cats. Have, have a strange. I love them too, but have a strange social pecking order. Yeah. Well, Donnie, uh, thanks so much. This has really, really been great. Hey, you're welcome. <laughs> This episode goes out to and is dedicated to the memory of Lou Whitney and Bobby Lloyd Hicks. Stay tuned.
one, two, three, strikes you out at 